Hallelujah. Glad to be in church. Sure about that? Are you sure? You're not sounding like you mean. Are you sure? All right, let's pray. What somebody says, let's say this together, our Father. And it doesn't sound like you mean, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, receive revelation that is found in Christ. There is no confusion. There's no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified. And we are edified. Amen. Amen. You're not sounding like you mean it. Amen. Or when there is no change as yet, uh, that's the title of this teaching. When there is no change as yet, and w w what does it mean? It simply means when you've tried everything, you've prayed. You know, the Christians will say, um, "I've prayed, I've gone to church, I've done praise and worship, I've done this, but yet my problem did not go." That's what we want to study. When there is no change as yet, what do you do when there is no, when you don't see a result, when you don't see, um, and why, why am I teaching this? This is January. You're going to have to, um, as the year goes by, difficulties are going to come. Um, challenges, I told you, is part of life. Um, difficulties are part of life. But um, as a Christian, you must learn to stay pute and keep your calm in the situation when challenges, difficulties, changes, and um, different things comes your way, how do you handle them? Um, that everything is going all rosy like this right now doesn't mean that's how it's going to be. So some of you might not relate with this teaching for today, but you are definitely going to relate with it sometimes as your life progresses. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, as far as you are still on this earth, as far as you are not dead, you are still going to relate to what I'm teaching. So one thing the preacher must do is to have a foresight. So, so that means I can tell you what you'll be able to face and I'll be able to prepare you ahead. Amen. And show you that, okay, this is this and this is that and this is how to undo it. But before we get into that, Matthew 28. Let's get to Matthew 28 before we get into that. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Are you there? Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And it says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Now, this was Jesus' instruction upon the resurrection, and Jesus was Jesus talking to his disciples and telling them that, um, and telling his disciples and saying to them, Guys, I've risen, and all power has been given unto me. And what is the instruction he's giving his disciples? He's giving his disciples to go make disciples. And um, so making disciples or preaching the gospel is an essential part of a Christian life. Is an essential part of a Christian life. He says, go. That word go is a consistent action there. And that verse 19, you see all nations. That all nations there was referring to the Jews and every other nation. The way the Bible was written, it was written in such a way that it gave us two nations. That is the Jews. Then every other nation is called the Gentiles. So if you are not a Jew, you are a Gentile. So it just categorizes it into two, but actually there are several other nations, but you just categorize it into two. So he told us, go into all nations. Now, these all nations now can mean 
is from the word we can see all take nations from the greek word ethnos and it seems we can say people are bound or tied by language people are tied by culture people are tied by beliefs age groups different um different stages of life and now jesus jesus sending his disciples and giving them an instruction to go to all nations to go to all people different age group different tribes different kinds of people in the society and what is their responsibility it can it even says uh, all nations can be different occupations different schools um age grade class you know um upper class middle class um lower class i think it's virgin atlantic airline that have that description when you instead of them to say business class first class they will tell you upper class they, they are business class but there's not several classes they say upper class lower class they're not tell you economy so you that you're economy don't know you're done like you're you don't have money because they started from first class business class then upper class lower class then there's one class again um something ah, something Ah, who, who flies with, who, who knows Veggie Atlantic very well? Uh, who knows Veggie Atlantic? Who knows the class? Can you tell me what, which other one? They have upper class, first class, business class, upper, premium economy. Uh -huh. There's now upper class, lower class, then which one? There's the basic. I think there's, some, there's something else before the normal economy. So that one. So when you are going to the back, so like us that we fly economy, when you are going to the bar, everybody will just be looking at you like poor, poor people, you know. <laughs> Sometimes, even the economy, there's no space to put your bags again. So you are going back to lower class or upper class seats. <laughs> they are looking at you like poor guys. <laughs> I mean, in normal aircraft, we have business class, first class, business class, economy, or at least comfort. Oh, hey, hey, what's that one that have extra legroom? Um, uh, premium, and they will not have normal, you know, normal. But these ones, they will give you all the description. The one you choose your, you choose your level. First, business, premium, economy, and everybody is so, by the time you are entering as economy, everybody is just looking at you seated, like, especially if you fly from Metro. Sometimes if you fly from Metro, you just be seeing the white people just looking at you like this. Just the British guys just looking at you like this. So you just so they are already drinking coffee or drinking juice. So you you are just entering, you are still hungry. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> anyway, Jesus said we should go to all class, all kind of people, you know. We should go to all kinds of people to preach the gospel to them. Culture can be, you know, culture in our today's world can be. Some people relate, you know, culture doesn't necessarily mean Yoruba culture, um, American culture. Culture now in today's world can mean music. People can be bound by culture, by music. People can be bound by culture, by drugs, crimes. Yeah, that's, that's a culture on its own. Um, um, homosexuality now today's world is another culture on its own. I mean, you have to have your hairstyle, you have to have the way you dress, you have to, that's a culture. Um, so Jesus is sending us to all kinds of people. And he says, and what is our focus? We should preach the gospel to them, teaching them, observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. 
So a true disciple of Jesus, a man who has believed the gospel, that is his only instruction. That is the only assignment you are giving. Yes, you will do your school. Yes, you will make money. You will go to work. You will do everything. But for you to be a true disciple or a true believer, you must be found in the Great Commission. So we ask you a question this evening. Are you doing the Great Commission? Are you preaching to people? Are you talking to people about Jesus? Are you preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel to people, communicating the gospel to people? Are you doing that? Because that is what shows that you have received the gospel. Because upon the disciples receiving the gospel, there was just one instruction Jesus left them with. And that instruction is preaching. You don't have to be a preacher to preach the gospel. Some people believe that if you say I'm a preacher now, you have to have the church. That's not true. You don't have to um, be um, a pastor to preach the gospel. In fact, we don't use some of those, some of those titles in church. We call ourselves brothers, sisters, uh, you know. But a true believer or a Christian would see it necessary to get people saved. I expect that a true believer today would have somebody that they preach the gospel to and they told the person about church. That is how a true believer behaves. You know that way? You know, if you do that, if you keep talking to people about Jesus, talking to people, you would want to live right. Because you know that the persons you are talking to about Jesus will be checking you. You want to live okay. You, your conduct, even everywhere, will be conscious. You have a conscious conduct. Because you'll be wondering, what is the person I preach to or the people I preach to find me doing this? What if the person I preach to comes to church and didn't find me there? Imagine you preached to somebody yesterday and you told the person, tomorrow is service. I mean, like, today is service. And today you are sleeping at home. The person came. The person now called you and said, I'm in church. Where are you? You say, oh, wow, just be praying with them. Is that a good Christian? That's not good. So a lot of people ask, you see, some people, I've, I've, I engage a lot of conversations with people. And many times when they ask me some questions, I, I remember I was preaching in the country. Um, and, I, and I told them, I said, I told them, I said, someone asked me a question. I said, is it wrong to wear tattoos? I said, I'm not going to, this is what I told the person, I said, I'm not going to answer you yes or no, because there's actually, we're going to look at that when we study and ship a blessing question. And I said, and I asked the person, I said, I'm an invited guest here, I'm not your pastor, I'm not your pastor here. And I said, imagine, I wore a tattoo, and I preached, and I, and I was invited to come and preach to you. How would you receive me? He said, ah. I will just be looking at the tattoo. I said, that is it. I said, the reason why, I said, you got your, you have, you answered your question. Everybody was not clapping. I said, it's not a clapping thing. You should think about what he just said. I said, why? Okay, so imagine now, let's, let's take an instance. I have a tattoo on my neck here. Now my hands are covered. Now, and I have a tattoo on my neck here written, Supernatural Community Church. <laughs> 
Imagine I just write supernatural community church here on my neck, very tattooed. In fact, it's not even black, it's purple. So, you know, some of you will be wondering, ah, is this guy going mad on his native attire, supernatural community church, on his <laughs> on his kids, supernatural community, what is going? You know, some people will come to church. Maybe imagine you're not a new first time, you're not, you're not a first timer. And they invited you to the church. And you, that you have already been skeptical about church before. That you have been saying, all these Pentecostal churches, all these churches where they speak in thongs, all these, you know, all these churches that they, you, you know, that all these churches that they just, you know, do so many grammars. You are now wondering, what is happening? You are now wondering, you now came to church, you just saw, Supernatural community, maybe maybe on my forehead. You know, some people tattoo their forehead. You just see supernatural community, or you just see my name, Hayo, tattooed. Ah. And I'm saying, wonderful, merciful, say. Some of you will be, some of you will be singing it, but <laughs> and maybe I'm not in a deep, intense worship. Some of you will be looking at me like this, wonderful, merciful, ah. tattoo. You are going to have a perception, right? Am I, am I right? I mean, it's the Gen Z word that will say, it doesn't matter, we can relate. It's a lie. Even the Gen Z word, as far as the person is a pastor, the person is though, they are going to look at the person somehow. I say, see, we have Gen Z in this church now. They say, only if it's on the face. But if it's on the hand, they don't care. <laughs> now, I you see what is I you see what is happening. You are going to have a perception. But the fact that I'm a preacher already keeps my life somewhere. I tell the person, so I now told them and I said, imagine, and I told the same guy. So that I will be very clear to the guy. And I told the guy, I said, imagine yesterday you were in club and you found me there. And you know, you don't know me. I mean, I mean, I'm an invited guest to this your program. And today, they said, we want to just introduce um, our special guest. You know, in fact, the fact before they even introduced me, they have been looking at me somehow. Maybe I was the one that was partying the most. I was the one that was doing the Dory Me. They even wrote my name. <laughs> Those two girls hold the thing and brought it. Welcome, Ayo Benson, to, to the lounge. Whatever now, I don't know. I've never been there before. But I've seen it in TV. You say, welcome to the lounge and, you know, and uh, happy new year to Trinity people. And I was the one that was, my own table was the, my own Bessie was the, my own table was the happening table. They were, as they were singing, the name, you want to bam bam? Hey, you want to have your Bessie? Hey, you want to have your Bessie? How everybody was saying, have your Bessie in the club. Then, even the DJ was giving me the freestyle, like, uh, you want to have your Bessie? Hey, you want to have your Bessie? Everybody was praying. I was praying the money. Then he told the, the person, I said, then today, in fact, you will have been looking at me like, in fact, from the opening prayer, because I was in the opening prayer, I was in the praise and worship session. I said, from the opening prayer, you will have been looking at me like, ah, ah is this not the, I think my eyes is deceiving me. Is this not the same, you want to have your Bessie in the club? Then I said, they now imagine, you know, you will not be so sure until they mention my name. Then I'll say, 
um, we have a special guest in Ami, very wonderful man of God. In fact, the way they introduced me that day, I said, I, 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 I said it the way they did a man of God from, from the United States, he came, higher Benson. And I said, imagine you heard that. What will, what will first come to your mind? <laughs> you will just jump up like, ah! Then I'm like, wonderful, merciful, Savior. You will jump up. You will like, eh? <laughs> what is going on? Is, it, is this guy a twin? You know, you mind, you will not be focused in the service. I said, <laughs> I said, that alone answers your question. I said, a believer who is not responsible for another life cannot live right. That's the truth. If we keep thinking that, if we keep asking the question, you will keep seeing believers asking questions of, can, does it take me to heaven? Does it take me to heaven? I said, when you see believers start asking that question, they don't preach to anybody. When you find somebody asking, if I do this now, will it take me to heaven? If I do this now, will it take me to hell? He is not preaching to anybody. He does not have a responsible Christian life. Imagine you saw me in the club yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday. Today now you are seeing me and I'm, and I'm not healing the sick. And interestingly, I was praying for the sick that day and I was calling some word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And I, so it was after I had finished that one, then I said question and answer time that I should please wait a bit in the meeting and give a question and answer time. So I said, imagine you saw me and the sick. I imagine, I, in fact, the way he stands healings in that place. So I pray for the sick. The sick was healed. I called the word of knowledge. And I said, imagine you saw me do all those things. And I was in the club yesterday. What would you be on your mind today? The guy, everybody was now laughing. I said, that answers your question. The very minute, see, let me tell you. If you want to live right, let me tell you. I tell, some, I tell people. All these ones of asking, is he going to take me to heaven? Is he going to take me to hell? Just start preaching. If you have people you have preached to in Walmart, very well, when you enter Walmart, you'll be, okay, you'll be decent. Because you know that somebody you once told about Jesus is looking at you. Or if you have people you have preached to, maybe if you're in school, on your campus, you will know that, ah, you can't shout anyhow because if they catch you, or if you have a worker worker you've preached to, then it's now you that is gossiping and doing bad things. Well, you want to do it. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes, the best way for me, I, I, I started doing this when I was younger. It's now I've reduced it. Anytime I know that I'm in a new place, I quickly declare my identity. I just let people know, you know, ah, see, I'm a pastor. Ah, because that way, I would just know I would not live. You know, there'll just be that way you would just check yourself that you can't overdo things. So when people just relate with me, Maybe if I'm in a new, it's now I just ignore it. I just, but I will just quickly declare my identity. When I was still very much younger, I just, you know, I'm a preacher. What do you do? So that at least I will not misbehave. Do you get what I'm saying? That way, so that will help you. I don't know, why, why did I go that route? I'm sure that will bless somebody. Anyway, a believer must be have the ability to teach. Tell your neighbor, say, you must have the ability to teach. You must have the ability to preach. So ask your neighbor now, when last did you preach to someone? Ask your neighbor, have a conversation, have a conversation. When last did you preach to someone? I, want, I really want you to engage in a conversation. I'll give you one minute. When last did you preach to somebody? When last? 
When last? Engage in a conversation. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So now I'll give you an assignment. As a result of today's service, I'll give you an assignment. This week, ensure you talk to somebody and bring that same person to church by Sunday. Deal? Deal? Huh. Everybody is scared now because they know that. Look, look at it. Look at, look at, look at. You're, you're wondering. Let me tell you. Let me share you a story. When we were much younger, there's one of my friends, Soji. I know he's still going to listen to this. He doesn't get angry anytime I mention him. So we used to do a lot of outreaches and evangelism then. So there was a day we said, so do we now projecting all of us, the, the, our leader, their grandma, she used to send us to different streets. So we now said, so I think grandma now said, we are going to Weliweli. Weliweli is where Soji lives. That's what they call the street, actually. It's in Oda Road. Weliweli. Ah! So this just said, ah! Ah, and I was not wondering, what happened? He said, ah, I can't go to my street to preach. <laughs> this was many years ago. He said, I can't go to my street to say, we said, why? We don't say, why? He said, ah, everybody knows me as Dagboru. Dagboru just means that. Everybody knows me as a troublemaker. As that person that, you know, all those uh, street football. He's the one that used to destroy everybody, break people's leg, and do everything. He said, ah, I can't go to my street and preach. He said, me, I will go to. So when they were telling us, sharing us to locations, I'll go to this street to preach, go to this street. He said, I'm not going to my own street. <laughs> I will go to another street. Because he doesn't want to declare his identity as a Christian. So I will ask you a question. That's your friend in this city now. Can you tell that your friend that you're a Christian? And you have a church service. Let's have another conversation. Oh yeah, now let's have another conversation with your neighbor. Do you have your friend? Do you have a friend? Okay, now let's do it this way. Wait, listen. Let's do it this way. Two questions. Do you have friend that you that doesn't know you go to church? And do you have friends that know you go to church? Oh yeah, have conversations. Let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> I want you to engage. Engage somebody. Engage somebody. Do you have friends? <laughs> engage. Engage. Be sincere. Be sincere. Hallelujah. Okay, so another assignment too. If you have people in this city that you are you are friends with that doesn't know you go to church, bring them next Sunday. Amen. Deal. Deal. So we are waiting for two people, two category of people next week. I'm going to ask you. In fact, 
Next week Sunday, we'll make it an evening service so that you will come. <laughs> so next week Sunday is evening service. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's not, next week Sunday is not morning service. Next week Sunday is evening service again. Because so that we will make it 7 p.m. on Sunday, people don't go anywhere. People are always at home. So we are waiting for two sets of people next Sunday. The ones you preach to this week and the one that doesn't know, you go to church. Amen. 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 <laughs> now look at look at believers. Are you are born again? <laughs> you are believers ashamed of being a Christian. You can't be ashamed. I will share you another story. When I was much younger, I used to live two lives. One in church, where they see me as the leader. Then there's one in school. Nobody knows my role in church school except the ones that go to my school. So in school, they will be one looking at me like, ah. Are you not the one that? <laughs> and I was quite popular for, for stubbornness. My name is my name was Bensi. So when you mention Bensi, there's no there's practically nobody. Then that was in day school. There's practically nobody in day school that didn't know me for trouble. They just knew me as somebody that caused trouble a lot. That I was very stubborn. So when we get to church, the people that we go to school today are looking at me like, ah, and I was the one that we preach. I'm casting myself. I know that we preach. Ah, so they are looking at me like, ah. So sometimes when they, when they are, when I'm preaching or taking the, I, I used to watch some of them's face. One, I remember one particular reaction. This was just like, ah. this is how the person did this. So when it was now question time, they say, I, how do you juggle? <laughs> Let me stop there. I will cast myself. It was very funny that day. And I didn't have an answer. I actually didn't have an answer. It was one person that just came and just said, you know, as Christians, you know. Um, so I, I twisted the question open. I said, who can answer this? <laughs> because you don't want to be an hypocrite. <laughs> so I just threw the question. I said, good question. Can answer this. So one person just reached to that answer. Perfect. That was how we closed that chapter. <laughs> I'm sure the person see me on TV and the person was wondering, God has really changed my life. You know? So don't be that person that have a two life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be a Christian in church, be a Christian outside. Are you getting what I'm saying? I said something last week, so I said, be very predictable. Very predictable as a Christian. Very predictable. Let people don't don't let somebody, don't be that Christian that somebody will say, "Ah, uh, oh, oh, you don't know me. Oh, you don't. Oh, why should why should this why should they say that? Why should they not know you? Uh, why should they not know you? What's people should know you. People should be able to say this is what you can do. This is what you cannot do. Are you getting what I'm saying? Who should know and say if I talk to this person, this person will listen to. Me. If I if I if I share certain things with this person, these people should know you. Those don't have that character. Eh, you don't know me. You can't know me. That's not a good character. Anyway, back to our Matthew 28. So we said, a believer must be able to preach the gospel. Ask your neighbor, say, you must be able to tell your neighbor, you must be able to preach the gospel. You must be able to share the gospel. 
And you must be bold about the gospel. Paul said in Romans 1, 8, 1, 1, 1 verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them who believe, to the Jews first and to the Greeks. So don't be ashamed of the gospel. Learn to share the gospel a lot. That is your life as a Christian. See, that's my life as a Christian. That's my life as a believer. You must share the gospel. Talk to people about Jesus. Tell them, hey, wow, this is happening in my church. Hey, hi, do you go to church? We have quite a number of believers who don't go to church in this city. And they are your friends. They are on your WhatsApp list. They are on your contact list. Talk to them. They are on your Facebook. They are on your Instagram. Hey, what's up? I've been seeing you. You always post every Sunday morning. Attending him. Is it that you don't sleep? Would you just be posting things? You know, maybe when you come back from church, you have seen it. I don't expect that you to your at home checking the WhatsApp status. <laughs> you go, you say two hours ago, hey, ah, you are just every Sunday I've been noticing you've been posting. Don't you go to church? My church is going somewhere. Can you come with me? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how to be a Christian. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be a Christian. Be proud of the fact that you are a Christian. Say I'm proud of the fact that I'm a Christian. Ask your neighbor, are you sure? <laughs> All right. Did that bless you? All right. When there is no change as yet, let's get into our subject tonight. When there is no change as yet, it's a short exhortation I want to exhort you this evening. When there is no change as yet, when you, when you have stayed in that situation for too long, and uh, I, I'm not trying to be stereotypical of any situation, it could be any issue, it could be healing. It could be that you have trusted God for so long on healing. The whole oh Lord heal me. Oh Lord, deliver me. Oh Lord, you know, um, change this situation. But that situation has just stayed static. It now seems as though some that's where you see a lot of Christians say, um, God is not working. I've tried it for so long. Then you ask them, how long? They tell you 10 years. The third five years, I've tried, I've done that church thing, I've, you know, I've attempted it, but it's just not working for me. I just don't seem, seem to find my answers. My situation did never just stayed the same. So when there is no change as yet, what do you do? So a lot of people give up on God's word. Look at in Mark 8, verse 22 to 25. Mark 8, verse 22 to 25. It's quite a very short exhortation this evening just to exhort you and just to stir you up to believe God. Amen. Say, I believe God. You're not sounding like you mean it. All right, look at in Mark 8, verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida. I'll wait for you. Mark 8, verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And they took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And he had speech in his eyes, and he put his hand on him, and he asked him if he saw. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, this was Jesus, laying hands on someone, healing the sick, yet the person did not get healed immediately. What did he do? He says, the guy said, I saw men as trees walking. In verse 25, he, after that, he put his hands again. Upon his eyes, and he made him look up, and it was restored, and he saw clearly. So Jesus ministered to the man, and at first he did not see clearly. Then Jesus ministered again, then he saw clearly. That shows us we can't give up. If Jesus did not give up and say, Ha! I prayed. 
I hear, and, and that's why I, I heard so. I heard something. I, there's something that changed my life in in my early ministry. Um, many years ago, I heard something. They said, if you pray for one person, and and that thing really, that this thing I'm about to say, it's really blessed me as a young person. And then I'm still young anyway. But as a, as a really younger person, then it really blessed me then, and I just felt like, oh wow. And the, the preacher said. If I pray for this person and the person did not and the person did not get healed, what will you do? The person said, Ah, I will go to the next person. I will, if the person did not get healed, I will go to the next person where we'll be one that will be healed. God's power will never fail. I said, Wow. And that that blessed me. Since then I never give up. I won't say because I prayed for one person, the person did not get healed, then I will stop praying for the sick. You see a lot of Christians, because they, they taught them, let's say, just like I've taught you in church now, I say, oh, you know, you can lay hands on the sea, you will recover. Then they go and do it. They did it one time, they did it two times, they did it three times, they did not see it. Then I say, that thing that pastor is teaching is fake. Hmm, does not work. That's not true. God's, as far as it's God's word, God's word will work. God's word will always work. The truth of the matter is, Many of us have not learned to rely on God's word. This was Jesus having an obstacle, praying for his sick. What did he do? He prayed one time and the bl- I thought that it was Jesus. Before he even spoke, the blind should have seen. I mean, am I right? I mean, if it was Jesus, I expected that just by what? Before he even said what the guy has seen. What the guy said, I saw men as trees. And the next thing is Jesus laid his hands again. He didn't give up. So we must learn to stay on God's word. So what do we do when there is no change as yet? Let's take some lessons from Abraham. Abraham will be one of our case study tonight. Look at in Romans 4, verse 17 to 21. It could be any situation. It could be a healing. Uh, it could be, it could be you are trusting God for an healing, maybe a pain in your body, maybe a, a, an infirmity, maybe a problem. And some people, sometimes, some people don't even want the pain to go. They want to, I remember there was a, some years ago when downtown Indianapolis, we were praying for the sick. I think we had a power outreach then. Then we prayed for a man on a wheelchair. This man got up and walked. But he looked at us and said, no, I want back my wheelchair. I want back my wheelchair. Then he went back to his wheelchair and continued wheeling. I mean, this man literally, we prayed for him. He literally got up, walked. And he was like, wow, the pain is gone. All of those things. But he said, I'm hungry. <laughs> How will I feed? Because this will give me money to eat. And from that day, I just knew, okay, if at all we have to hear people like this, it has to be. We have to have a solution whereby maybe we have a salvation army or we have something that they are doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's so that they don't return back into that source of livelihood. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we pray for the guy. The guy went back to his... The guy, you could literally see that he was angry that he got healed. That was the first time in my life that I would see that. Somebody was literally angry that he got healed. In fact, somebody was supposed to be thanking us that we bring for you. He was even started saying, Get away! This is that! You listen, this don't ah. <laughs> What did we carry? What did we throw? We just wanted to do you a favor by getting you healed, and the guy was angry. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, some people don't want to get healed. Especially because we're in the United States of America. So, things are easy. There's a lot of things that makes you not want to get healed. 
But you see, if you really want to get healed, if you are sure that this is not of God, this sickness is not of God, if you are sure, because sickness can't be of God. I've always said this over the years, and you can go and listen to, to, our, to, to, to our messages on our website. You'll see a lot of all of those sermons there. Sickness can't be of God, because healing and sickness can't come from the same source. Healing and sickness can't come from the Some people say, it's God that gave me that to be sick. How will God give you the same thing and also give you, give you healing? Sickness and healing can't come from the same source. John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if there's anything the devil wants to do in your life, it's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That is Jesus' word for you. You know, tonight I'm not necessarily going to lay hands. I'm just going to allow you act on God's word. That's what I believe I, I want to do tonight. Just act on God's word. Such that as I'm teaching now, faith can just be inspired in your heart to be healed. Such that as I'm teaching now, you can just say, oh, well, I'm healed of this situation. Yeah, that's all. If you are, if, that's if, you are, if, you are, if there's a sickness or any pain in your body anyway. But look at it. Look at um. Let's look at lessons from Abraham in Romans four, verse seventeen to twenty-one. Romans four, verse seventeen to twenty-one. Look at what Abraham said. He says, as it is written, I "Have made thee a father of many nations before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were." He says, "Who against hope believe in hope?" that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. In verse 19, it says, And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. And when he was at about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, believing, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that he that has promised, he had able to perform. Now, this should be noted that he had believed in Genesis 15 verse 6. Since Abraham believed and was accounted for him for righteousness. But later on, the Bible says, he began to call things that be not as though they were. It seemed as though God works with the impossible. I'm going, there's something I, mission, doing mission is possible last year. No, not, not doing Mission is Possible last year. Um, doing my preparation for Mission is Possible last year, there were some things I stumbled on that challenged my theology and it made me really start studying more. And there's something I've been working on and I'm going to teach very soon is, I, I, I don't know what the title is yet, but something around the miracle of creation. Something around that. We, we want to I want us to explore the creation again as a miracle. The Genesis story as a miracle. It seems as though God starts with the impossible and makes it possible. Somebody will say, um, just like in John 9, they asked Jesus a question. And in John 9, uh, they said, this person who was born blind from the mother's womb, what happened? And would, so they were asking, did he, was he seen? Did his mother do or his father did anything? Jesus said, no. Nothing like that happened. Some people would forget that maybe the mother wasn't taking care of, their, of her body. Um, 
in childbirth, maybe it was just natural, maybe it was just health-wise situation. But that alone is a possibility for a miracle. That situation alone is a possibility for a miracle. Now, this was Abraham, childless at 100 years, yet no child. Tell me, um, biologically wise, the, the, he can't even perform or do much of his sexual duties anymore at 100 years. How does, you know, how does somebody at that age or even Sarah at that age want to conceive a child? In our today's world, do people even live up to that age? No, they don't even talk of conceiving a child at 100 years. Somebody say, no, that's Bible. No, 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 no. Don't always take it as that's Bible. Because these guys were real human beings. We are reading the stories. I've always told us something about the Bible. The stories of the Bible are stories of human beings just like you. Just like saying, it's just like, let me tell you what the stories of the Bible is like. It's like saying you died today and somebody is right telling us what you have done. Are you getting what I'm saying? Somebody puts what you have done into writing. That's all. So, what is the Bible today? The stories of men yet inspired by the Holy Ghost. So, how do we even learn from God? We learn from God with his dealings with men. How he has dealt with men is how we are learning from God. We are watching his story. How did he approach that man? We are seeing his character. We are watching his... That is how we learn from God. Such that he came himself as a man. So now, Abraham, at that point, what could he have done? Yet, the Bible says, he staggered not at the promise of God. The same with Mary. Mary was a virgin. Virgin in their today's world, in, in their world, simply means a young woman. A young, chaste woman. What does it mean? As, at her age, she was roughly, historically, she was roughly at 14 years. Imagine, 14 years old, giving birth to a child. That does not look like something possible. But yet, what did he say? He says, in Luke 1 verse 37, no word of God is void of power. He says, for with God, nothing is impossible. Then we put God's word on our lips. I taught the message some years ago, putting God's word on your lips. Many of us don't learn to put God's word on our lips. We put the situations on our lips. So instead of saying, you are healed, you keep saying, I'm in pains. No, I'm not saying you should deny the fact. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you should deny the fact. I'm not saying you should, um, you should deny the fact that you are having pains. But look at Abraham. God told him you will become the father of many nations. Ah, somebody that doesn't have a child. I know it's me, I had children. They can even say, oh, at least these ones <laughs> will give birth to the nations. But no child, and yet God told him, you're going to become the father of many nations. How is that possible? How am I going? How? You know, so I, was, I was looking at that thing and I was thinking, if they told me that, and I was the one that didn't have a child, I would just be saying, God, just the play. <laughs> I would just be saying, God, it's like, it's like, God, you know how to joke a lot. 
Stop playing now. You are, you are just cracking. You are just doing a comedy skit. What's father of many nations? You didn't even say father of Israel. You did not even say father of uh, Rochester. You are saying father of the whole world. Father of nations. You don't even say father of Moron County. <laughs> or at least Enrienta. You are saying father of nations. And he doesn't have a child. In fact, he is too old to have one. So, what does it mean to call things that be not as though they are? What does it mean? Those things don't yet exist, but you say it as though they exist. So that means, if I'm believing God for a miracle, if I'm believing God for healing, if I'm believing God, let's say I'm having an headache now, instead of saying, I have an headache, I'd rather say, well, I have an headache, but I'm going to be healed. What am I doing? I'm calling things that be not as though they were. I have an headache, but it's going to go. I'm going to be healed. Yet, I don't have money now, but don't worry, very soon I'm going to be so rich. Oh, I'm not going to be poor, I'm going to be so rich. Oh, it doesn't look like there's money in my bank account, don't worry. I'm never going to be poor. I am going to be so rich. Oh, I don't have a car yet. Oh, but I'm going to have fleets of cars. What am I doing? I'm calling things that be not as though they were. Oh, I'm seeing the pain in my body. Oh, I can't stand up. I'm just stuck on that wheelchair. Oh, well, I'm going to walk someday. Not just walk, I'm going to run. I see myself running. So I'll ask you, ah, why is your, why is your leg? Is everything going well? <laughs> Don't pity me, I'm going to run. I'm going to, I, I remember I was in an healing service. Um, I went to a, to a meeting in an healing service and there was just this couple who inspired faith in me. She didn't get up, I won't say she got up. She didn't get up all throughout the conference, but she was so optimistic. Every time she saw somebody got healed, she would want to stand up. She wanted to say, she would say, I'm going to run. That's what she, she would say. I, she kept saying it, she kept saying it. And I, 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 I can say that even though I don't know where she is and I've not seen her since last year or August, but I can literally tell you she probably would have been walking now. She, would just, she kept saying it. She was so full of joy, so full. And I was like, man, she was literally on the wheelchair. You see her leg twisted and everything. And when she sees somebody get healed, she tell them, and, and because a lot of people were surrounding her, she just say, I'm going to run. Don't worry. She just say, I'm going to run. I see myself running. She kept saying it. I even went to her one time. I said, look at me. I'm going to pray for you. This, she said, don't worry. She said, I know. Just pray for me, but I'm going to run. I believe God. I'm going to run. And I'm like, I agree with you. So every time he got to a stage, everybody pushed her away from the wheelchair. Oh, yeah, run. I was like, in fact, I was happy that we were doing it because I just felt like, this is faith. This is belief. I mean, and she too was literally, it was the husband I was saying, okay, can we just be patient? You know, so don't push me, don't, don't push my, my wife, like, can we just be patient? But he got to a state, the husband even said, go, go, run now, run, run. <laughs> even though I can't see them, she didn't stand up immediately, but I can tell you, I saw a I, I saw a belief system. I saw calling things that being on. She said she has been on this spot for years, but she kept saying, she said, I've been saying it for the past couple of years. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. See, I tell you, she can't be there for life. She can't die in that wheelchair. It's not possible. 
Oh, no, he's not. Because Andromach was sharing with us the story, and she was they were telling us the story of people who was having um, different sicknesses that has lasted for 20 years, 14 years, 15 years, and they stayed in faith. They stayed so much in faith, and they came out of it. But you know what happens to us? When we get into a small fix, we start complaining. We start using our words wrongly. We just start saying, oh, it's finished. Oh, I knew it. God, why? I think that's the question that everybody, that, that's one's phrase on everybody's lips. God, why? They've never said Satan why before. God, why? God, why me? You know, you see yourself, maybe your, your boss just told you, you're fired. The next thing is, God, why? No, you don't say, well, <laughs> I'm getting a better one. You don't, you don't, you don't beat yourself hands down. You don't say, well, I get a better, I'm gonna get a better job. I'm gonna get a, a high-paying job, a job that will help me serve God. This is not the end of it all. I see myself working in multinationals. I see myself. You start seeing those things that being, you know, but you know, a lot of people wait till they come to service, service like this to start seeing it. Maybe when pastor has inspired them, it's like they rev up your energy. There's this thing, there's this thing on Instagram. Raise up, raise up, raise up, raise up. <laughs> you know, they raise your engine, they rev you up. You now say, wow, I'm inspired. Then you now start speaking. Then to, by Tuesday, today is Sunday now, by Tuesday, you speak today, you speak tomorrow. You know, after there's so always an after service feeling. After service, you know, the whole reality of the code. <laughs> we come back, then you, you stop speaking. No. What did Abraham do? Abraham changed his words. He changed his name. He, called, he started calling himself Abraham. Before his name was Abraham. Exalted father. Now he started calling his name Abraham. It is easy to speak what is, what is happening, what is conspicuous. But having God's word in your heart and mouth will show you two realities. That is, what can be seen and what can be believed. The facts are not denied. You are not denying the facts that, oh, they sacked you. You are not denying the fact of, oh, you have a pain in your body. You are not denying the facts of, oh, there's troubles in your home. You are not denying the fact that there is this. You are not denying the facts. But the reality of God's word is esteemed greater than it. So this is what I tell someone, tell people. So maybe when I'm talking, maybe, maybe when I'm speaking, was it supposed to say, no, let's face it. I'll tell the person, I understand. I totally understand you. But my own facts, the way I've chosen to esteem this issue is to put God's word greater than it. So when there is no change as yet, what do I do? I stay with the esteem fact of God's word. I stay with it. So what, is, what did Abraham do? He says, God who quickens the dead and calleth things that be not as though they were. So that means a believer must emulate Abraham. A believer must emulate Abraham. So observe what Paul said in verse 18. He says, who against hope believe in hope. Wow. In verse 19, he had two kinds of expectation. He says, he considered not. That what considered means that he didn't think about it. Consider means that he, it means he's thinking. He didn't put the thinking, the inability, the word dead there means Abraham's inability to have a child. He says he considered his own body dead, that is his own inability to have a child. 
That means when God spoke to him, nothing has changed in the natural. Sometimes you will hear God's word. Sometimes God will tell you something. Then circumstances, situations will come to make you feel like God didn't talk. Situations will start coming around. Blurry situations will start coming around. That will start making you feel like, did I really hear God? Abraham was in that same shoe. And God told him. Even when God told him, I expected that immediately God is telling like this, BIM! The next thing is Sarah is pregnant. No. <laughs> God wants you to believe his word. God wants you to put his word on his lips. God is not a magician. He is not a magician. He's a magician that just boom. And he just disappear in the thing. He's a magician that says, look at me. How many of you watched the um, Now You See Me? I, I love that movie. Now you see me. You don't want to look at it. Oh my God. Now you see me. Oh, you should watch it. It's all this. I don't know if, how much you guys are interested in all these magic things, but I used to be very interested in them where they just do all these card games, show all this magic. And it's, yo, I, I watched it. This was, I watched it in 2013. That was how many years ago. Then I watched the part two in. Um, 2015 or 2016 or 17, I guess. Now you see me. You should you should binge on it. Anyway, since you did not watch it, so I can't continue. <laughs> because how do I explain God is not a magician? <laughs> I think there's another guy, David something, David Blaine or something, I don't know, that just does all this magic online. So a lot of us like think that that's who God is. Just close your eyes, open it. Something has appeared. If that is how it is, uh, there will be no atheist. Because they just say, there's no God, the God will just appear. <laughs> you know that's that? Atheists will just say, if there's really God, then let the God show now. The God will just show. Nobody will be an atheist. God wants you to be, God wants you to doubt sometimes, then you not believe. He's not a magician. That's why his words are clearly written. The men who have followed him in his word, the men who have worked in his word, saw it that he's not a magician. So what did David do? What did Jesus, what did um, Abraham do? He says, he considered not his body dead. Abraham acted on the word. He believed it. He said it. He knew that the same principle works for anything that God says. That is, the same principle of speaking God's word. So he began to call things that be not as though they were. He saw the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't call it, he didn't see it, he didn't acknowledge it that way. Look at what he says in Hebrews 11, verse 11. Hebrews 11, 11. Hebrews 11, verse 11. It says, Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, 
because she judged him faithful who had promised. So judgment can be done in what's work of faith by observing the number of times in the natural things have been said. Sometimes many of us, we need to observe how many times we've said those things in the natural. Oh, I don't have money. Oh, I'm broke. Oh, I'm so sick. Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a, I, I cannot walk. Oh, I cannot see. Oh, I, I, you know, you can say it and counter those things with your words. Counter them back. Abraham was not considering the states of his body. He dared to speak God's word. And believers should do the same. You should do the same in face of apparent defeat. A believer should keep staying on God's word. Because God's word will eventually come to pass. So gradually as I begin to close, believers should learn how to keep at God's word. How to be persistent with the integrity of God's word. In verse 20, he says, He staggered not at the promise of God, true unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In that says, I'm being fully persuaded. Implies, that word fully persuaded implies what has gotten to the end. So it means to be fully persuaded. That what God has said has the ability to do what he has said. That means if he has told me that I'm going to be healed, then I'm going to be healed. Even if I'm not seeing it now, I am definitely going to be healed. If he has told me the gospel will reach the nations of the earth, he's going to. Just like he has said. He said, just as the waters covers the sea, the glory of God will cover the earth. Just it's so it's going to come to pass. Even if you are not seeing it yet, that is what will not fail. Hallelujah. His word will not fail. So God's word is self-validating. Tell your neighbor, say God's word. You're not saying like you mean it. It's self-validating. So that means that word in itself. That word is spoken itself has power. It is the power of God. So Abraham was fully persuaded in it. He was giving glory to God. Do you give thanks to God when you are just Lord, I thank you because I know you have done this. Lord, I thank you because I know that this, even though I've not seen it, this is happening. But good things are coming my way. I am never stranded. God's, you know, I'm receiving God's help. You know, how about you say those things all the time? I am not broke. Money comes my way. I am, you know, I receive good jobs. I receive, you know, you say those things a lot. Say I'm a success, even in my academics. My mental faculties is receptive to, to assimilate the things I'm reading. You say those things to yourself a lot. So Abraham was fully persuaded, giving glory to God. So what did Abraham do? When there was no change as yet, number one, he against hope, believed in hope. He did not consider, number two, he did not consider his body or Sarah's body as dead. Number three, he called things that be not as though they were. And he was full of faith, giving glory to God. So there is a natural way to face facts, yes. You should not lie about the facts. Because Romans 4 verse 7 says you should call things that be not as though they were. So don't lie about the fact. Don't say, don't say, 
Um, you saw, you see that your account is red now. Somebody asks you, do you need money? You say, I have money. <laughs> you say, I don't have, but I'm trusting God. Hallelujah. Don't deny the fact. I don't have, but I believe God. I know I will not stay in this for life. Hallelujah. You believe God. Hallelujah. So it simply means when you are, so it simply means to say when you are healed, when the symptoms are still there, you are prayed for, just like I will speak words over you tonight. Just like you are prayed for. The pray for you is to say, oh, the pain is there. I, I was not here. I've seen people, they go to some healing meeting before and they tell them, and they say, and they say, you, you see them, they say, I went there, they prayed for me, nothing happened, nothing. You were not ready to be healed. No. Even though they pray for you, say, yes, answer has been laid on me. I know and I believe my healing, I've received my healing. I know and I believe that this is working out for me. You start seeing it. You will see it immediately. Just like Jesus, who prayed for that guy. He said he did not see immediately. He went again. Many of us don't know how to go back again to that thing. So, we dare to speak God's word. So that is positive spe think, speaking, if you want to call it in our English word. It's positive speaking. Speak God's word, because God's word is positive. So dare to speak God's power. Dare to put God's word on your lips. Jesus is present and speaking. Jesus, Jesus being present and him speaking is one and the same. So you call things that be not as though they were. So, nothing something as I close. Play for me as I close. He didn't say, say it for one day. He didn't say, speak it for one month or six months. He says, you have to keep calling it. Many a times, the sickness will unconsciously go when we put up a faith attitude. So, even if you were prayed for, they prayed for you about something. And this is where a lot of Christians, they, 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 they now get angry with God and leave church. Or they say, I've been to church, I've stayed in church all my life. Nothing has changed in my life. Look at what you are still saying. Nothing can really change with what you just said. I don't even make any sense. But if you put God's word on your lips a lot, unconsciously, you just be seeing the things. Just be seeing that, ah, there's a way out. There's a way out. My body is getting better. Ah, you don't be checking that. Oh, wow. My body is actually healed. I won't forget there was a day I was not feeling fine. And I told myself I was not going to use any medication. Because I told myself it wasn't something I wanted to do or I like. So I just told myself, I'll just speak God's word. I'll speak God's word. I'll speak God's word to my body. And I just kept saying it. I kept saying it. You headache, you are gone. You headache, you headache, headache. I don't have you in my body. I don't have headache. I don't have headache. Headache, migraine, gone. You were still there. One hour, it was still there. One day, it was still there. Two days, it was still there. I will tell you, I say, it went immediately. That's a lie. Three days. Ah. I was almost tempted to ask for her leave. But I told myself, no, 
So there will just be things you just say, I want to, I want to stay on God's word. So I noticed that if I sleep, it will not disturb me. So I kept sleeping a lot. Because I, I told myself I don't want to use drugs. I don't be sleepy, sleepy, sleepy. But I, I, knew, I noticed something. I didn't change my confession. If I somebody asked me, what's happening to you? I'll just smile. See, hey, is really something really happening? I said, nothing's happening. Oh. I'm actually feeling fine. I'm actually very okay. <laughs> then one day, I found out that I was not there again. If I didn't even know, because I kept doing my normal activity. It was later I just realized, I, that thing is gone. Unconsciously. Staying on God's word. So you meet Christians, you tell them, they'll tell you, ah, they'll tell you, I can count like 15 pastors. They prayed for me over this issue. The issue has not gone. The fact that you are still saying it, it shows you are not ready to let the issue go. Look at what you just said. If the issue can never go, God wants you to put his words on your lips, on your lips. Just like Abraham, just like Sarah. Hundred years old, brethren. God told them, you are going to become father of many nations. If it was you that was in that age and God told you, you will be a father of many nations, would you believe it? But has it not happened today? It's what did not fail. Today we, are, we still say we are seeds of Abraham. We are years of Abraham because of one man. Hallelujah. Don't you know it's that same Abraham that his son became Jacob. And that same son became Israel. Did he not become the father of all nations? Oh, it came to pass. So it might take a while. Because I told you, hear what thing I'm saying. He is not a magician. God is not. It's not. Are there instant healings? 100%. Are there working some miracles where somebody with no hand immediately hand come out? Somebody, yes, yes. That's that's his, that is specialized in instant miracles. But what is the cause of this teaching when there is no change as yet? When you don't see the miracle, you don't have a hand. You keep saying, Ah, I'm handless. I don't even have a hand. I can never have a hand. This is how it will be forever. That is your lot. You have said it. But imagine you don't have a hand. You keep saying, I know one day I'm going to use these hands to eat. <laughs> you put God on his toes. He likes things like that. You get him on his toes like, Oh yeah, shit. Come on, give me work to do. And gradually, gradually. You see the miracle. You see people say, Ah, I've been in that condition for 35 years. I've been to like 50 pastors, been to like 100 churches. This situation never leaves. That is why, look at what you are saying. That's why it has still not gone. But like Sarah, you put God's word on your lips. So if you have been prayed for before, this is, this is where I'm actually going to. If you've been prayed for before, and maybe somebody has one day prayed for you for healing before, today you will just act on what I've said. I will pray again. Oh, you will remember that day, just like just like Abraham. He says he considered not his body dead. He did not remember that. You will remember that day and say, because that day hands were laid on me. Because 
because that day I was prayed for to be healed right now I walk in that same healing and healings will happen you, if, there was, if there's an issue you are still going through and you remember that there was a day hands was laid on you or you were prayed for about this situation I hear this you will call you will bring it back just like Abraham Abraham had to change his name some people say God changed his name no 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 he changed his name from exalted father to father of all nations he started he started seeing himself in the reality of who he is that's what we're going to do tonight we just act on it is it a difficult is it a job is it a remember the day you were prayed for and you shouted Amen you will remember it today and say that day prayed for me and I didn't see the change but I believe God now I believe God because if I don't do that to you you will get so lazy and used to ah, let me just come to church they will not pray again and you will not know how to value the prayer that they prayed hallelujah so when there is no change as yet you go back to the basis What's the basis? Meditating on God's word. You pump God's word on your lips, on your heart. Then you speak God's word. That is, you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. You call things that be not as though they were. It's not. Don't and don't be ambiguous with your desires. Be very specific. Are you getting very specific about what you want? And you can always have what you say. Let's be on our feet. Let's just thank Him. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost instead. Let's use our words. Remember those days where hands was laid on you, where words were spoken. Remember it. Let's be on our feet and just and speak those words. Those pains in your ears are gone. Pains in your ears are gone. The pains in your body, in, in your stomach, in your leg. Those pains are gone this very minute. No, you can take a step and check it. You can take a step and check your ears. You can take a step and check your eyes. Those pains are gone. Those pains around your your chest, your body, your hand, right now they are dissolved, they are gone. Check it, check your bodies right now. God's healing power is flowing through this place. Call things that be not. I want you to use your words. Call things this evening. Things that be not as though they were. Lift your voice. All things that be not as though they were. Call things that be not as though they were. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 